0: Hey there, it's Mara schiavo and you're listening to Motivated. Whether you work out regularly or someone who really watches your diet or maybe you've slipped off the wagon or gained back some weight that you've lost or you just need an extra push to help you stay on track, staying motivated is key. And that's why we're here to help. Every week we're bringing you the top health, wellness and fitness experts along with a lot of really amazing everyday people and it's all about helping you live a healthier and happier life. All right, so we're here this afternoon with the wonderful one and only Miss Jessamine Stanley. You are a body positive advocate, you are a yoga teacher extraordinaire, you are an Instagram sensation. And now you are a published author. I'm going to oh, hold this up oh, here. Everybody, Yoga, Let Go of Fear, Get on the Mat, Love Your Body. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Congratulations.
1: So how does this Thank feel? You. Uh, surreal. But, but at the same time, I'm just glad that I was able to write it. And I'm glad that other people are able to see it. And it's cool that we're able to talk about it. Mostly, I'm just glad it's out in the world.
0: Yeah. Um, so you have become a huge inspiration for a lot of people. I want to read. Um, it's basically how you start oh. your book which is why did I write this book right so it's a passage from from your new book um, and the chapter called why did I write this book and you say because all yoga bodies deserve to be represented in print not just those that are slender female and white I wrote this book for every fat person every old person and every exceptionally short person yoga is for everybody and every body you don't have to embody anything other than your truest and most honest self in order to practice yoga did I write that? You wrote yeah, that. I'm like, girlfriend, you did. True.
1: I'm like, who said that? That's real. <laughs> Word up. <laughs> yes. So tell me about that. Well, basically, I feel like I don't really see that much representative, representation of other kinds of practitioners besides just cisgender, heterosexual, white women. And I think that that's not because there are plenty of people. There are not people who are doing it. There are plenty of people who look different from that norm. But because the image is so slanted toward like making money and making money off of white women who buy things, it just means that there are all these people who don't see themselves represented. And I think regardless of what companies are going to do or any kind of branding, I think it's important that we see more representation of different bodies and that we talk about the fact that Yoga doesn't really have anything to do with a shape or a color or an amount of money that you can do it without any tools that you can do it without standing up that it's really just about connecting with your breath and that message is so simple and it just gets totally lost in this sea of you know handstands and the perfect leggings and mat and I just wanted to give a different
0: perspective and really show how it is for everyone. I mean, you're, you're right about kind of the overwhelming imagery that we see associated with yoga. And I have had a very similar response to yoga um, that you described having had initially, which was I just didn't feel like it was for me oh, because yeah. I'm not tall and thin and blonde and bendy. My hair doesn't do like a cute top knot because I have Mm-mm. a weave, so I can only wear it like in one <laughs> yes. with a part in one place, right? oh no, please. So, yes. but when I began to practice... Mm-hmm. I realized what you talk about, which is it has nothing to do with that.
1: But it's so hard to get to that place in classes where you feel intimidated by the other people who are in the room. And especially in a city like New York, I feel like there's a tendency to want to conform to how everyone else is dressing. And that whenever you just show up as yourself, (laughs) it's really easy to be intimidated. And I totally understand whenever people have that experience and I get why it turns them off period. But it's so unfortunate because all of that has absolutely nothing to do with getting in touch with your breath. And once you start doing that, it doesn't even matter who else is in the room. It's you could be alone. You could be in a sea full of people. And as long as you can tap into that deep inhale, deep exhale, you can always, you will always get exactly what you need.
0: Let's talk about that because, you know, I don't know how much you know of my journey, but I started my health and wellness journey five years ago. So it's pretty recent for me. I'm a grown up, you know, I live most of my life not having this in my life. And what I learned and what the key was for me was that fitness has nothing to do with the size jeans I'm wearing. Yes. The activities that are going to keep me coming back day after day are the ones that are going to help me physically and emotionally and spiritually. And Mm -hmm. nothing gives me that more strongly than yoga. Talk to me about that journey. It's very interesting
1: to me because I feel like the actual act of being fit and working on your body and really moving it around it is a spiritual act in and of itself because you humans are meant to move around we're meant to be active but because we have this association with weight loss and nutrition and health and wellness everyone brings their baggage to that conversation and then it makes it more difficult to just get to the root of I just want to move around and feel good because when you're a child you'll just Turn cartwheels. You'll run in a circle
0: for no reason. You'll, you're not no going reason. anywhere.
1: You don't. You're like you're like you don't need to be timed. You don't have to. It doesn't matter. And that feeling is how I always feel when I practice yoga. Like when I'm really just in it for myself, I feel like I'm a kid again. And I think that when you're tapping into that space, you can get nutrition. Like you can work on your nutrition. You can work on your. You, if you want to work on weight loss, you can work on weight loss. But when you're focused solely on the physical experience of it, it's very difficult to get to this much richer layer that can give you way more than what the physical layer can. It's
0: such a gift when you when you really tap into it and you're not just trying to get summer Absolutely. abs.
1: Exactly! <laughs> because then it's like, I feel like you could just stop doing it, you know? Like, I feel like if yoga was just about moving my body around and going to class every week, I probably wouldn't still be doing it because right. I'd just be like, mm, there's a million ways that I could do that. And there are other kinds of exercise that I love, but I don't even really consider yoga to be fitness in a lot of ways in my mind it really is it is a spiritual life path it's like you have determined that instead of looking into the outside world for answers that you're going to look within yourself and that that journey doesn't just it doesn't end on your yoga mat it goes into every other moment of your life as well and it does go into the things that you eat and it does go into like the way that you are presenting yourself but it's not
0: just about those things and when you hit that deeper level but what I love about you, so you're saying these things and you are just like lighting a fire in me. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to go be my best yoga self. I'm going to wake up yes. in the morning, do sun salutations. But five minutes ago, you were saying I'm a mess. Uh-huh. Right? But I love that because nobody is perfect. And for me to leave here thinking that you're the perfect, you know, always high minded yogi is going to make me feel like less than. Exactly. So, you know, talk about the journey of humanity and mm. that, you know, nobody is a perfect high minded deity oh yeah
1: oh yeah I always call it like it's like you're trying to be an angel plus a unicorn wearing stretch pants yeah that's how (laughs) yoga teachers especially (laughs) feel like we're supposed to be presented that you are you've reached this place of piety where I don't ever think mean thoughts and (laughs) I would never say a swear word and I just you know I always drink my kombucha and eat my carrot sticks and it's just like that's not anyone's life so I don't understand why we need to pretend as though it is and I think I think that for a lot of people, it's easier to fake that than to really look at the darkness within themselves Mm. because it is. It's dark. And my yoga practice now is really different than it was when I first started practicing. And it's a lot darker. And it's really just a lot of me crying on my Mm. yoga mat. It's crying and working on the asana and then crying
0: some more. explain that to someone who doesn't know yoga, who's interested in it, who may want to try it. What leaves you sobbing on the mat? It's coming to these moments and it's it's the same
1: moment but deepened but when I first started practicing I would try to do the asana and I would just be it wouldn't happen at all I would like bend my knees a little bit and then immediately fall over and I would get so mad at myself and I would just be like why can't I do this the yoga must not be for me it's the teacher it's I start blaming all these different things and then after I've let myself have a temper tantrum which is what's happening I would be like okay so are you good are you done? So how are you really feeling right now? And I'm like, I'm sad. I'm sad. And then it's like, okay, so why are you sad? And I'm like, because I'm, and there's a million different things that you can fit into that. But once you get to that place, that's when you're crying. <laughs> because it's like, you start to tap into issues that you didn't even realize were problems. And one experience, I talk about this in the book, is the last story that I tell Um feeling emotional even thinking about it um when I was in my yoga teacher training I did a partner yoga exercise with someone who's a lot smaller than I am and um, I think of her as like my little yoga angel her name's Katie she's so cute and like pint size but she's so much smaller than I am and the exercise that we were doing meant that we were leaning our body weight onto one another and I would lean my weight onto her and then I would immediately apologize because as a larger body person I've been taught that like I need to be apologetic for my size and then also just I always feel compelled to apologize so it's basically me the whole time saying I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry and eventually she stopped me and she was like you know you don't have to apologize for everything right And I was like, I laughed because laughing is my defense mechanism. I laughed and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I guess I'm just apologizing for existing. This is the first time I've ever said this out loud or even consciously thought it. But it was during this process where, like, we're practicing all the time. I'm building this fire within myself. It's called tapas in yoga. It's the fire that burns away the parts of you that don't need to be there. And so I'm very emotionally vulnerable. And I also want to point out that everyone was in an emotional state during this time. So it wasn't abnormal. But I said that I don't. I'm apologizing for existing and she kind of cocked her eyebrow at me and kept going and I was just stuck in my tracks I was like are you kidding me you're apologizing for existing you don't think you deserve to exist and that's something that I would blame on so many other things in this life like I blame it on my job I blame it on my partner I blame it on my family like all of these reasons why I'm upset but If at your core you think you don't deserve to exist, where else is that coming into play? And I just started crying. And I cried for the rest of the practice. I cried through Mm. shavasana. I cried in my car. Like, I could not stop. And it wasn't crying like... I'm sad it's crying like I need to release this mm-hmm. and then once you start to release, not and this isn't me saying I still apologize for everything <laughs> I still am working through this but to just acknowledge it and to see that is so deep and that to me is the reason to practice mm-hmm. because even though it's ugly and it's dark and it's not fun it is so worthwhile because you can actually get
0: to the root of what's going on inside of you. Yeah. Pushing it down is not effective. <laughs> no, not at all.
1: And we all push down so much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it comes back in some way. I feel like Always. it's like water. You know, you can't, if, if water is diverted, it still goes somewhere. It's going to go somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about somebody who is new to yoga because it totally. can feel, and, and your book addresses this a lot. How do I get started? It can feel so overwhelming. You follow oh, people man. on Instagram and they're posing these amazing, they're posting these amazing poses, which is fantastic but then you're like, how do I get like, to yeah, this? I can <laughs> you be on the tippy top of my head. What exactly. do you suggest for beginners? Really just starting
1: with the most basic things, like even just congratulating yourself for rolling out the mat, really making sure that you're not like obsessing over practicing the same amount every single day. That's, these are just the ways that you're going to stop. How moment. often do you practice? I practice every day, but it's something that It has evolved over time. When I first started practicing, I was really paranoid that I was going to quit. And so I was like, because I've always had that personality where like, I'll do something for a while and then stop. And I was like, I don't want to stop. So I got to make sure that I practice for like an hour every day. And then that evolved into practicing for two hours every day. And then once you get into taking Instagram photos, it looks like you just take one photo. You're taking like 50 to 60 photos to get that. So then I'd be practicing for like four hours a day. And this is on top of having two jobs at the the time I had two. Two jobs. And now my practice has evolved to where I am. It's that I'm constantly traveling, I'm constantly teaching. There's there's no way to practice in the way that I used to. But because I'm not obsessive about it, I'm not um I don't try I try not to demean myself, then I am always just making it what it needs to be. So maybe it's 30 minutes here, maybe it's 45 minutes here. I like to practice for at least 30 minutes, but that's me. Some people Especially if you have children, if you have other people that you take care of, if you have you just need to make it work for where you are and you can't hold it to the standards of someone else. Like you can't look at a person on Instagram who's like 25, no family, no job. Some of these people (laughs) like you don't actually have to go anywhere and they're practicing for hours a day. And that's why their practice looks so physically impressive. And I think that the physical aspects of it are so unimportant that really all that matters is that you're getting in touch with your breath so that even if it's only five minutes of breathing that is still yoga and you should still congratulate yourself for that because even if you just congratulate yourself for rolling out the mat and you say okay so my second step is just going to be to sit on the mat and then like maybe you have the book and you've read some of the seen some of the poses and you're like okay so I could do child's pose today that's going to be my pose And then you get through child's pose and you're like, "Mm, maybe I'll do cat-cow pose too. You know, just work through that. And then before you know it, you're practicing yoga for 15, 20 minutes. But if you congratulate yourself for those little things and don't make it, don't turn it into something that you don't want to (laughs) do. Don't turn it into a burden. I think of practicing yoga in the same way that I think of brushing my teeth or taking care of my hair. I wouldn't forget to do those things. And they adapt. The amount of time that I spend on them changes with every day. But it's not like, I have to do it for this amount because
0: this, this, who wants to do that? No one wants to feel pressure like that. So, of course, a, a lot of people want to get to yo- get into yoga as a fitness activity mm-hmm. because they want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. How do you answer that question? Is, is yoga the path to weight loss? I have always felt kind of strange about
1: this because I do think that certain types of yoga can be beneficial with weight loss.
0: Now, which ones? Particularly
1: styles of hot yoga, and particularly, like in my experience, Bikram yoga is a good example of this. Um, I have actually, my life has fluctuated and changed, and my weight has fluctuated and changed along with that. But in that, there was a period of time where I lost about 50 to 60 pounds from practicing yoga over, I mean, this was over like a Two year period. And it's the kind of thing that is not going to be um, it's not going to be steady. It's not going to be like, you know, like if you're really trying to lose weight you should focus on nutrition and focus on working that with a fitness plan that makes sense for you. But fitness is not solely the answer to weight loss. And like even people who are really into weight loss or nutrition will say that. And I just feel like the most important thing is to make the practice adapted to your life. And if you get really into it, there will probably be major physical changes to your body. I wouldn't really be that obsessed about weight, though, because I think that the major changes are inflection of your body, and then that means that your body is going to look different.
0: Stay tuned. More of our conversation is on the way after a quick word from the sponsor of today's episode, Blue Apron.
2: Incredible ingredients make incredible meals. That's why Blue Apron partners with a community of over 150 artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, sustainable fisheries, and responsible ranchers across the United States. Thanks to these partnerships, Blue Apron is able to deliver fresh, seasonal, perfectly portioned ingredients with easy-to-follow recipes right to your door for under $10 a person per meal. Log in each week to select the recipes you want to cook or let Blue Apron choose based on your food preferences. With Blue Apron, there's no weekly commitment, so you only get the deliveries when you want them. Rediscover how fun cooking can be while enjoying specialty ingredients and exploring new flavors and cuisines. When you cook with Blue Apron, you bring the best ingredients to your table while developing a sustainable food system for future generations. Join the growing community of Blue Apron home chefs today and get your first three Blue Apron meals free, plus free shipping at blueapron.com motivated. That's BlueApron.com slash motivated. Blue Apron, a better way to cook.
0: Um, So you write in your book that when you went to your first yoga class, Mm -hmm. it was hell on earth. Oh, You write this in all caps, hell on earth. Yes. Yes. How did you get from there to here? Oh my gosh,
1: it was a long road. And if you told me that this was going to be at the end of the road, I would never have believed you because the first experience was so bad. And I felt like I did not deserve to be there. I was in, I was 16. I was trying Bikram yoga, hot yoga for the first time. And I was just like, this is the worst experience. I'm sweating in ways that I didn't know I could sweat. These postures are stupid. The people are like, this whole thing is just dumb. And then, um, but <laughs> I, I was like in a 16 very year different. Old. Exactly. So <laughs> I was 16. Is dumb. Yes, exactly. I was 16. I was very immature. And I think that even just the slightest sense of discomfort is going to make that kind of person be like, I don't want to do this. Well, I but go back I back to also... the discomfort,
0: let's put an asterisk on. Oh, it. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So um, when I went back to it, I was in graduate school and I was just going through a dark time. It wasn't really unusual, that unusual for anyone who's been through a dark time especially not someone who's prone to depression, which I am. So I was just – I was very depressed about school, and I was going through a breakup that was just really – uh, aching my soul and one of my classmates was like oh my god try Bikram yoga you're going to love it it's going to change your life and I was like I'm not doing that because I had tried it before <laughs> I knew it wasn't for me I was like and I have that personality of like I know what I want you know so I was like I'm, I'm, that's not for me and but she wore me down because they had a Groupon pass so I was like why not <laughs> what they're lose?" and I went and the experience was exactly the same the room was still terribly hot still sweating in incredible ways still could barely breathe But I didn't realize it in my day-to-day life, I was not challenging myself. Just like wake up, go to school, go to work, have the same conversations over and over again, go to sleep, do it again. And I was very much sleepwalking through life. And in yoga, particularly in that style of yoga where you are pushed because of the heat and because of the intensity of the yoga poses, you are pushed so far out of your comfort zone that you have to just Stick it out. Just you, you see a piece of yourself that you've never seen before. And that opportunity to challenge myself was life changing because it gave me so much confidence. I realized that, you know, there are so many moments where I would be afraid of falling or afraid of failure. And then in class, I would come up against these poses and be like, I can't do that because I'm not going to be able to do it the same way as everyone else. Or I would like sort of half try it and not really give my all. And then I'd be like, just try. Just try. You might fall down. You're going to fall down. That's fine. Just fall down. See what happens. And falling down and then picking myself back up again. I mean, it really did completely change everything for me because I realized that I needed to feel discomfort. I needed to be taken out of my comfort zone. I needed to see what it meant to look beyond the boundary. And it gave me so much confidence. You know, it gave me the confidence to leave graduate school, which was making me really miserable and to change so many aspects of my life. But it also kind of. (laughs) then became this is stepping into the other part of the story it definitely was the catalyst for a lot of other things to happen as well
0: well back to the discomfort which which Mm. you touch upon i have found that the single greatest gift for me is learning to be still in discomfort oh yes to not run from it because you can't exactly you just have to sit in it and that has into every single aspect of my life just because something is uncomfortable or painful mm-hmm. doesn't mean I have to drown it with alcohol mm-hmm. stuff it down with food yep sleep through it mm-hmm. I can just sit with it and endure it just
1: endure it just see what could happen what's the worst that could happen because nothing good comes in this life that is not difficult to some degree and it's very important to remember that Everything that we've done in the past, all of the boundaries that we've set for ourselves, that's not proof of what we're capable of doing. And that if you can sit with something that is not immediately comfortable for you, you will get used to the idea. Of, because really all we're doing is having a temper tantrum over and over again about the fact that this isn't the way that I thought it should be. It's not. so what are you gonna do now you know and and I find myself like feeling very very again with feeling childlike I feel very childlike because I'll be in these it still happens to me like I get into asana that I don't practice that often or that is particularly challenging for me and I'll just be like I'm done with this like I don't I don't need to keep going with this and then it's like but you could keep going you're just telling yourself that you can't but maybe you could keep
0: going and that little itch Oh, it really does just touch so many other things. <laughs> Have you been surprised by how your Instagram has taken off and how this this phase of your life has taken off? Absolutely,
1: <laughs> completely. Because it was not my intention, and I definitely didn't. I had no intention of being a teacher. I was not. I even actively avoided becoming a teacher because I thought there's so many yoga teachers. Why do I need to be yoga teachers? There's literally thousands of yoga teachers, and it wasn't until I well. Uh, basically my father who is not into any of this he when I left graduate school he was I mean to say he was angry is to say it's understand what were you studying? I was studying nonprofit arts management, so it's like I've worked in a lot of different arts organizations, theaters, dance companies, um, music festivals, and he was just really disappointed in me and he told me, you know this is the mistake of your life, you should never have done this and and he doesn't respect social media doesn't care about it at all, and he certainly didn't respect yoga <laughs> at all and um I was talking to him about because by this point I'd had some press notoriety from my social media accounts, and he was like um you know your mom told me that you know you weren't people what's going on with this and I was like
0: well you <laughs> he know, respects blah, blah. people yeah he
1: does so, like if it's print media or if it's like when I was on good morning America he cared about that well thank you we yeah. appreciate that yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like other things no so um he's like well your mom told me about this what's going on and I was like I don't know you know and he's like why well, are you going to become a teacher what where are you going with this and I was like well I don't have the money to do it and he was like well how much is it and I was like it's three thousand dollars and he was like Well, if we could figure out a way to get you $3,000, would you do it? And I was like, if this dude is saying that I should do it, I have got to make this happen. And the process of learning to teach people and learning to look within myself has been so much more than I ever expected. But it absolutely was not my goal. And I think that it's really important to just kind of let your life happen as much as you can because you don't you can't orchestrate it. You can't you never know what's coming.
0: Now, the home practice is something that is tricky for a lot of people because you may want to, but maybe you don't think you have the right space, Mm -hmm. you don't have a dedicated space, you got little rugrats running around disturbing you or even animals, Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't know what to do what sequences do you do on what given day and what time of day
1: absolutely what
0: how do you start a home practice
1: well I started my home practice from not I couldn't afford to practice in studios when I left grad school I didn't have any money I was just kind of floating and um, I would just practice the poses that I felt comfortable with in the beginning which was literally like eight to ten poses and even if I hadn't had that I mean it would be enough to just be practicing like you know, Tadasana, mountain pose, um, or just upward salute. Bring your arms up, or or even just learning to breathe properly. That I think is a great way to just start the practice. But the way to really cement it is with online classes. And I know that a lot of people are apprehensive about online classes. I was really apprehensive in the beginning because I've tried plenty of exercise videos and never had any success. And so, even though I'd heard people talk about online classes, I was like. That's not going to work for me because, you know, I know myself. So I'm like, that's not going to work for me. But I found an online studio that worked for me. If you um, find online classes that work for you, then that's kind of the best way to go. I think it's also really important to just try a bunch of them and try different styles of yoga. But if you're just starting out at home, it's really helpful to have just someone saying the things that you should do because otherwise you won't push yourself out of your boundary range and I think that um, there's just a lot of benefit to feeling like you're in a class but you don't have to physically have a teacher there with you because one of the problems with practicing in a class is that we are so distracted by the other people who are in the room that even if the teacher is awesome even if you are just feeling yourself and it can still be ruined by the other people who are in the room so the home is a really safe space to, to build the practice it's definitely not easy but you can do it anywhere like I started practicing at home in a very small apartment that I was sharing with my ex girlfriend and our two animals and we had no space and I was literally just rolling out the mat in the one corner of the room where we could make space and I think that if you don't obsess over it and you don't say like I have to have everything perfect. Then you'll realize that what you have is perfect. I see people all the time on Instagram with their kids literally
0: crawling on top of them while yeah, they're practicing. As they do, exactly. They think it's time yeah. for a joy ride. They like jump on your back during crow. Exactly. Going like, to kill mommy. Right. <laughs> but then I also see
1: people who are like their kids are inspired by them, and then their kids are practicing yoga. My and daughter does just, yoga. See, she exactly. Loves
0: it. I found exactly. it was so cute. She had placed her Barbies in two yoga poses. And I thought, wow, look at look at how differently she's growing up and getting this. Can you these imagine? lessons so young? It's, and that
1: she sees she sees Ashley Grandma magazine covers, and yeah. she puts her dolls in yoga poses. What does that person turn into? Yeah, oh it's my gosh, great. the
0: possibilities are are really exciting. Children of the future. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to talk to you about kind of a, the circus tricks, if you will. Oh yeah, you know the headstands, <laughs> the handstands, the head over your neck. Um, or the head over your neck yeah. sorry that's we all do that no, every great. day yeah, the yeah, leg yeah. over your, your yeah. neck Um, those things look really cool mm-hmm. uh, is should you be striving to do them only if you have a good spiritual reason is it just part of an evolving practice I think it is just part of an evolving practice and I think that the more that
1: you practice especially the more that you learn about downward facing dog high plank pose like poses that come up all the time you'll want to know more about what comes after them so a natural progression after a high plank pose is bakasana a crow pose which is an arm balance a fairly intense arm balance and it's the sort of thing where you get to that place not because you're obsessing over practicing the pose but because you want to see where else your body can go where else your mind can go because the only reason to practice these postures is to take your butt be- is to take your mind in your body into a new place to to start to look into a new piece of yourself so each asana especially the ones that are more advanced feels like an opportunity to learn something more about myself i think that the problem is when you put it on the internet as like look at what a yoga practice looks like this is what it has to be and it's like it's really it doesn't have to be this way the same the same amount of work is going into really working on your triangle pose as is going into really working on your handstand and the sooner that you understand that the more that the easier it's going to be to work on your handstand because so often we think like it doesn't even and I felt this way in the beginning I was just like I just want to do my big thing was headstand. I was like, I just want to do a headstand. If I can, if I can do a headstand, then everything will be right in the world for whatever reason. <laughs> and um, I remember trying it for the first time without really knowing anything about what I was going to do. And I was like, What is happening? <laughs> this is awful because you don't know enough, and there's no reason that you should even be trying to do that. You need to be working on your plank pose. You need to be working on your downward facing dog. And I think that when you see the pro- when you see it as a journey with essentially no end, I feel like every Every time I get into these postures that I've been practicing for years warrior two being a great example it's like the first time it's like and then the more that you learn about it the more that you fall in love with it so that you're constant there's always something new to learn it's just this really deep and beautiful process and when you're in that process you're not thinking about doing this like big pose at the end and I think that if you treat it as a natural progression as opposed to like, I gotta show off my circus tricks, then it's really, really different.
0: I love you call it a journey with no end. Yeah, it's because a journey with no end. Then you're then you're able to just appreciate the journey.
1: Exactly. And because it's gonna change as your life goes on and your yoga changes and I'm so every time that I am around someone who's been practicing for decades, I'm always just like I want I feel I don't wanna annoy them, but I'm like, What was your practice like when you'd just been practicing for ten years <laughs> or like twenty years or because your life is constantly changing. But Who that, you
0: are is changing. That is how a lot of people look at you. They look to you for that wisdom and that guidance. We sadly are out of time. Oh. Some <laughs> guests I wish I had twice the time for. You are such a light. Oh. You are such an inspiration and such a joy. And this book is fantastic. Um, I'm mm-hmm. I'm really, really enjoying it. I want to sit and pour through every detail. Everybody yoga, Jessamyn Stanley. And your Instagram handle, let the people know. My name is Jessamyn. Oh. J-E-S-S-A-M-Y-N. My name is Jessamyn. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank Thank you
1: so much for having me.
0: Staying motivated is a 24 7 job. Let's keep this conversation going. Send us your questions by using the hashtag Motivated or tweet me at MaraCamp. Help spread the motivation by taking a moment to give us a quick review. Just click the link in the description of this episode. New episodes post Monday mornings. And don't forget, you can watch this interview anytime at ABCNews.com. Motivated is a production of ABC News. Thanks for listening. I'm Mara Schiavalkampo. Big thanks to the sponsor of today's episode, Blue Apron.
2: Incredible ingredients make incredible meals. That's why Blue Apron partners with a community of over 150 artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, sustainable fisheries, and responsible ranchers across the United States. Thanks to these partnerships, Blue Apron is able to deliver fresh, seasonal, perfectly portioned ingredients with easy-to-follow recipes right to your door for under $10 a person per meal. Log in each week to select the recipes you want to cook or let Blue Apron choose based on your food preferences. With Blue Apron, there's no weekly commitment, so you only get the deliveries when you want them. Rediscover how fun cooking can be while enjoying specialty ingredients and exploring new flavors and cuisines. When you cook with Blue Apron, you bring the best ingredients to your table while developing a sustainable food system for future generations. Join the growing community of Blue Apron home chefs today and get your first 3 Blue Apron meals free, plus free shipping at blueapron.com/motivated. That's BlueApron.com slash motivated. Blue Apron, a better way to cook.
0: Hey guys, before we go, just a quick note. We're going to be taking the next week off, so enjoy your Labor Day. And we'll be back with a brand new episode of Motivated September 11th.